This book of Hebrews, you need to read it until it burns in you, until something inside of you just simply lays hold of a courage and a passion, a perseverance, a a sense of being involved in a cause that's far greater than you. This is a serious word for a serious people. That's what Hebrews is. It's a serious word for a serious people who take their faith, who are prepared to take their faith seriously. I know I'm using the word serious, but that's it. It's a serious word for a serious people who are prepared to take their word seriously. It starts in Hebrews chapter 1. It's talking about God speaking this word from heaven. But if you take that and you compare it with Hebrews chapter 12, and really, I leave it up to you. I'm I'm not trying to preach consecutively through it, so I'm leaving it up to you that if you go, you know what, this is speaking to us, I better get into this word and read it. I need to get in and find out what this book is about. I need to start feeding on this thing because I can't give you everything that's in this book. And this book has fed me. This book speaks to me. But at the beginning of this, cha- the, this book, we hear God speaking to us through heaven, from heaven through His Son. If you go to Hebrews 12, the same line is picked up, and it says, it says to the church, it says to the church, listen, in the days of Moses, I came down and I spoke from a mountain, and the mountain shook and the mountain trembled. And in those days there was a terror that came upon that mountain, and even Moses trembled. For God said, don't you touch this mountain, for if you touch this mountain, you will die. And from that mountain were given God's commands, which called a people into a covenant relationship with him, because he was going to lead these people in and fulfill the promise that he made to Abraham and give them the land. He was going to drive nations out before them, and he was going to give them an inheritance that had been promised to their forefather, an inheritance which was the reason for their existence, an inheritance that would then bring about the coming of the Messiah. He spoke from the mountain. The mountain trembled. Fear was upon the mountain. And the people hardened their hearts. And they said, we do not want to hear the voice of God. Moses, you go and hear from God. You go and hear from God. You come and bring us back the rules. And we'll obey the rules. But God wanted them to hear his voice from the mountain that was trembling, so that the fear of God would be within their hearts and they would understand what love was being shown them that God who could shake the mountains had come to make covenant with them. God who had shook the mountains would go before them and the nations in front of them would be driven out by the power of this Almighty God so that they in their hearts out of a fear and a reverence and an awe for his love, would humble themselves and serve. At that time, the voice spoke from a mountain. But in your generation, that voice has come forth from heaven. And that voice has come like a lightning into the darkness of this world. But there is a moment when the thunder behind the lightning is going to shake this earth 
and the nations are going to tremble before the sound of that thunder and the shaking that is about to take place. This voice has spoken not from Mount Sinai, but it has spoken from Mount Zion. It is the place where the presence and the government of God has been established, and he rules over the heavens and the earth. And this is a place that has been entered into by the saints of the ages who were perfected through the process. And this is where your king sits enthroned above the heavens of the earth, simply waiting for his father's voice to return and set up the kingdom that he has promised to you and to me. This is a place where all of those who have been purchased by the blood of the firstborn join. And they joined us in worship this morning. They're the angels. They're the angels of God joining in joyful triumph in the assembly because their assignments are to accompany and serve you until this process of your perfection is completed. And there the blood eternally cries out. The song of your redemption. That's where this voice has come from. This voice that is about to thunder and shake the nations of the earth. You must listen. You cannot get wrapped up in this world. You cannot get wrapped up in the cares of this world. You cannot get entangled in the affairs of this world. Okay? In this book, we're provided with an incredible list of people whose lives give witness to what faith and responding to faith and living a life of faith is all about. And no serious reader of that list, just, just a, a quick overview and a, a simple, a very low-level understanding of their stories, there's no way that faith is going to be some, something incidental or extracurricular to the life of one who is responding, especially if we're talking about this responding to this word that's come from heaven. There's, there's no one who could seriously, who could seriously look at the example of their lives and how they lived. We could, we could go through the list, but I just feel like it would be, be laboring. But we could go through the list. But this morning, God provided for us a story of somebody fighting through today. This is a woman who God has called and sent to the mission field, and she's gone there. But the bigger mission field is what is happening in her home and her family, and that's a place where I've walked with this woman. I have seen what's standing in faith to contend for the inheritance of her, her family and her grandson. It's all about 
it's going to require us to stand up with conviction and with courage. It's going to require us to engage with patience and with perseverance. It's going to require that we live for a cause that's beyond ourselves. It means that we can't afford to get caught up and entangled in things that are going to pull us down. This is a serious word for a serious people. And somehow, somehow it all, it's almost like we, we end up having to apologize for being serious. I mean, isn't salvation about, and I've done this with you before, isn't salvation just about saying a prayer? You get to go to heaven. Faith is not an event. Faith is a process, and it requires patience. It requires perseverance. It requires a passion. You've got to go for this thing. No one can seriously look at the life of Christ. Here's, it says we're supposed to set our sights on him. This is Hebrews 12 we're at now. You're supposed to focus on him. See, see him seated at the right hand of the Father. And now understand what he endured. Understand that he faced the pain, but he did it triumphantly. He faced the suffering, he faced the persecution, he faced the rejection, but he did it triumphantly because his faith was absolutely convinced that what he was doing was securing your redemption. What he was doing was fulfilling his father's eternal plan and purpose to bring many sons to glory. Because we're going, through, we're going to go through a process. We're going to go through a process. See, if, if we're just desiring our own comfort, if we're, just, if we're just desiring, like, our own place, our own space, then we're just not, we're going to turn a blind eye to what's going on around us, and we're just going to hope to get through to heaven. Thank you. And just turn a blind eye. But if we're in it for the cause of the kingdom, then we're going to step in and get involved and we're going to get over our heads. And we're going to believe that we're anointed to do it. We're going to believe that, yeah, it's going to be difficult and, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to face backlash and we're going, to face, we're going to face misunderstanding and we're going to face insult and, and, and all kinds of things. But everybody that stood for the cause of the kingdom has faced that. You can't be a serious reader of your Bible and not understand that that's what we're called to, but you have more power available to you than any other generation. You have more access to heaven. You have more access to his strength. You have more revelation of his purposes and his plans. You have more of an understanding than any generation that's gone before you. You have all the tools and all of the equipment that you need to face a generation that's crying out, and to reveal to them. It's not the gifts of the Spirit are not play toys for children to use in the nursery. They're power tools to be used to, to, to step out into a generation that needs to see a revelation of who God is. But it's a people who are not, who, who are not just going on on a short-term mission field hoping to run back to their secure place, but a people who are going out from comfort into the realities of life to bring the cause of Christ. The only reason why the message of Christ, the teaching of Christ, and the life of Christ 
may, may seem irrelevant to us is because our understanding of faith is totally irrelevant. Our understanding of the call of salvation and the process of salvation is totally irrelevant. So we're not able to actually hear what our call is. But the Holy Spirit's coming to make this call absolutely real to his church. Because there is coming a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church for the church to be the church. I'm not saying to you something new and I'm not chiding you. I'm speaking to what you know in your heart. I don't know why, but twice now when I'm talking to you, I've been reminded of a a vision that I was taken into. So let me just explain it to you and then then I'm going to pray. I'm going to be done. I just, this morning, I was just simply supposed to have the freedom to just talk from my heart and skip everything else. God's going to do some powerful things here, guys. He's going to do some powerful things. Hey, but he's going to disrupt your life. Put plans on hold. Let's just get ready. It's not going to be like a a striving. It's actually not going to be like God taking, putting a bit in your mouth and having to pull on the harness to get you going. It's going to be like the gate opens and you're going to be ready to run. That's how, that's how this thing is going to go. Okay? And he's stirring and he's working in us. And my prayer is, God, I, I've, just, I, I've been laboring just with the word, just preaching, preaching, preaching. But what, I, what I'm asking you to do is just take, it's your word. Just take it and just cause it to explode somehow in us so that the understanding just begins to I don't want to say it that way, but just tear our hearts open. Anyway, in this vision, I was being taken in a helicopter over the city. And uh, as we were flying over the city, I I realized that the windows on the helicopter had a magnifying capacity to them. So that wherever I looked, that part became magnified and I could see right into the, what was going on. Everything in the city was exposed to me. But at the same time, I realized that Jesus was piloting this helicopter. And everything I focused on that became magnified also became magnified before his eyes. So now I'm sitting there going, I better be looking at the right things. I just feel I I had better be looking at the right things because everything I look at that might, are being magnified before my eyes are being magnified before his eyes and it's clear what I'm focusing on. Can you feel the squirming in that picture? But then he said to me, he said, Bob, you cannot fix this problem by changing where your eyes are focusing. Because what your heart is desiring, your eyes will focus on. And if you're looking into this city to see the need in this city, if you're looking for where the cry is for my kingdom to invade, and where the cry is for my healing to come, and where the cry is for deliverance to take place, then I'll get you there. What would your heart be looking for if you were in my helicopter? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you carry the ability 
to bring that kingdom into the city. But what's in your heart? Changes are coming. Oh, the Holy Spirit being poured out from heaven is going to completely transform the heart of the church and absolutely set people free. Going to absolutely purify and change their hearts. It's going to give them fresh vision and fresh fire. It's going to put in them fresh courage and fresh strength. And it's going to give them fresh anointing and fresh power. Oh, yes, it's coming. Hallelujah. I'm done. But I feel that there's an anointing in the house to break intimidation so that people can run. It's so the passion that he's placed in your heart can actually be free, free to run. Am I making any sense this morning? Because I'm just, just letting my heart go here. It's so that, because we heard it all in the story this morning. I heard this word intimidation. They were intimidating. They were intimidating us because of who they were and their positions. They were intimidating us by their numbers. They were intimidating us by their facial expressions. They were intimidating us by their... Somebody needs to get in and turn this thing around. You're a woman of God. Get in this room. Hey, face down those that are intimidating. Don't be intimidated any longer. I believe what God wants to do is completely change your heart so that in in sense of a sense of intimidation inside of you, all of a sudden there is... Well, what he says in his word, love, power, and a sound mind. This isn't about me. And this isn't beyond me. And God's going to show me a clear pathway. I'm not backing down anymore. And that's the phrase right there. I am not backing down anymore. I am not backing down. I am not backing away. I'm stepping in. Is this making any sense or calling to anybody? And that's what I want to pray for. So if that's resonating with you, I want you to come forward, and we're going to pray.